Okay, that's all set. Um, and as some of you who um, have been with me for a while know that following this teleseminar, if you registered for it, uh, you'll be receiving an email that gives you a connection to the recording. We now have three ways to hear it on um, just the actual teleseminar recording on um, iTunes or on SoundCloud. But all of that will be sent to you with links to the recording. And again, if you want past um, teleseminars, you could either go to um, the podcast on iTunes, Dr. Mark Howard, or you could go to my website, and I'll give you all that information at the end. Uh, there's a teleseminar uh, section, section to my website where you can hear uh, and download um, the seminars that we've been doing now almost um, three years. So welcome. Um, for those of you new to the teleseminars, here's how it works. I'm usually going to take about half the time just to talk about the, the theme for today's uh, teleseminar and then open it up for everyone who's part of the teleseminar to either uh, share any thoughts you've been having about the understanding of the principles or any thoughts from the teleseminar or any questions. And, um, and so um, I encourage you all to share as, as, as much as you'd like about that because I really liken it to um, just having us have a community meeting together today. Okay, so um, I wanted to uh, to talk about kind of the the kind of mental nourishing ground for reflection and insights, and um, I mean for realizations and insights, you know, and how that is, that fertile ground is being in a reflective state or a quiet mind, and I want to share a bit about. Sid's points around that as well as the logic for um, re reflection. Uh, I talk a lot during my mentoring of three principles people or coaching people um, who want to understand the principles about reflection. And, um, and I want to talk a bit about how that is valuable for us and then move to, you know, Sid recommending a quiet mind. Well, the logic of um, talking about being in a state of reflection is that uh, in looking at uh, life issues or questions about your life or even understanding more about the spiritual nature um, and, and the principles, um, I think you could either leave that up to your own intellect and try to figure it out um, or you could be in a more um, a quieter state where you listen for your own wisdom to provide you with um, a new understanding or a new thought about life issues or about the understanding of the principles. And so when I talk about reflection, I'm talking about getting to that state. Um, and I was just talking to someone yesterday that I've been coaching around a life problem for them and wanting to understand the principles to help them see that. And we were talking about just being more reflective rather than trying to 
figure out an answer or figure out the principles or try to analyze um, their their situation so far because it's either you're going to either use you like Mark Howard or yourself and your own learned thinking um, or you're going to hear something from the fact that we are all part of mind. And that's the logic here of reflection is that as Sid says, we are all part of mind, which is the intelligence within the universe that's actually before the creation of any any universe or any form. And so we are all part of that intelligence. And, um, and so it's there for us um, to hear, um, but we have to quiet down our own ideas and thinking and beliefs in order to to hear it, uh, you it really comes beyond our own intellect, and I kind of liken it to um, this piccolo playing in a brass band, you know. So if you have a band that's doing a, a a kind of march with the trumpets and trombones and all, it's hard to hear that piccolo. So reflection is a way to go beyond the brass band to hear your wisdom. So, in a way, it looks like common sense. It's either that you're going to listen to your own intellect and try to use your own intellect uh, to see more about this, the principles or to see something new with more clarity about your, your life issue. Or you're going to get to a, a state where you can be guided by the intelligence that's, you know, part of the universe, you know. So in a way, it's kind of a no-brainer. So what does reflection mean? To me, it just means that you really do get to a place where you ask for that information, you ask for that help. So when I'm looking at, let's say, um, I'll just make it something kind of, Easy, you know, like I'm doing a, uh, let's say I'm doing a, a, a presentation at a conference and I've been asked to do about four different presentations at the Innate Health Conference in London in May. And so um, what I do is I get very reflective about it. In the past, I used to really uh, write down outlines and get points and get examples and try to remember that that outline and all those points. And instead, what I do now is just kind of be reflective. So somebody, they're asking me if I would share a bit about uh, burnout in the uh, helping professions. So I'm just going to stay reflective about that. I'm just going to say, well, look, I'm going to talk about burnout. I want to just help me see more about that. And I'll just leave it alone. I'll just leave it there in, in the back of my mind. And what I start to find is through the day, uh, through the week, things come to my mind. Um, a point that I hadn't thought about before comes to mind. A, a story comes to mind. Um, and so I just keep um, looking at that. I don't try to incorporate them and then get into a... Um, how I'm into the formal presentation. I just keep looking at that and um, seeing how that could be helpful and then staying open to see what's new. 
And what I told this person yesterday is that what I have found now, as I've done a number of these presentations, is that I don't really feel like I have the presentation even the night before. When I go to sleep, I don't have the really how I'm going to do it. I have stories and I have points on, that have come to mind for me, um, but I don't really know the way yet. And I usually wake up at like five in the morning and I see it. I get a, I wake up in this feeling, um, this beautiful feeling and I see how I'm going to tell, talk to people about it. I, I see how I'm going to be there when I go make my presentation. Um, and it all just aligns. And, um, I didn't, uh, trust this at first, but it's happened so many times now that I've seen that just being reflective and not trying to be, to, to try to form something with my intellect, all of a sudden, uh, the direction appears. Um, Elsie Spittle, uh, one of the pioneers of this understanding, s- s- kind of talks about the same thing. You know, when she is presenting, she kind of takes a walk in the early morning and, and it just kind of forms in her mind. Now, I've seen this happen even in uh, life issues, you know, relationship issues, issues in relationship to my wife or friends or whatever, that if I have something that, I don't know, isn't quite right for me, I want to be more reflective about it. And all that means is I want to be able to get myself to a place in my mind, what I would call my consciousness, where... Mark Howard isn't doing the work to try to figure that out. But I, I just ask for help from the, the, the intelligence I'm a part of. And it just, you know, a few seconds and I just go about my day. And it's so surprising how things will come to my mind. And, um, uh, I mean things about uh, how to be in a relationship that I hadn't thought about before. I, I think I shared this on my last um, teleseminar um, that um, when I got reflective, I saw how to present something to my wife early on in my understanding of the principles that I had never even considered before, had heard before, had read before. And it was it was just this new um, direction um, that now I see came, comes from wisdom, from this intelligence we're all a part of. So what's the reflective state? It's really nothing on my mind. Um, I'm just in this place of um, asking for help, asking to see it. No, tr- and in a place of kind of trusting that I am part of mind and I will be guided and assisted, as, as Sid talks about. Now, I don't see that, that, sh- that just doing that, it shows up right away. Um, but I just stay reflective. I just, you know, some, there have been times through my 33 years of understanding the principles where I've been with some kinds of feelings, um, like worry, for example, and I'm, I'm asking to see more there. And, um, it, it, it doesn't, I don't really get much right away. You know, I get, I get, um, you know, some truthful points, but, they really don't shift the feeling, um, and it's, it takes a while of staying in reflection before 
I see something. There have been times when I've been talking with a client and um, and as I'm talking to them, something new comes to my mind to share with them of what I've listened to. And when I share it with them, it also is something that I've been waiting to see. So um, if you stay in reflection, uh, it's the fertile ground for you to see something. And again, as Sid talks about, um, there is an energy that, that he says is the intelligence of all things that's there to assist us, assist us to see more wisdom, to see with more understanding. And that's different from the way I used to work. The way I used to work was to use my intellect a lot. I would analyze things. I would try to figure out life issues and come up with solutions. I would read a lot about strategies and so forth. Uh, one example, um, before my understanding of the principles, in working with couples, which I have done uh, my whole career, uh, it's one of the areas that I love to work in, um, there was this idea that uh, if couples were struggling, that they put a, make a list of uh, the pros and cons of, their pers- of the, the person they're in a relationship with. What do they like about them? What don't they like about them? And then in the therapy session, the couple's work or the coaching session, um, we would work on that list, you know. Um, So that's kind of the intellect way of doing it. But reflecting on that brings you to a deeper understanding of a relationship that takes care of the issues. So what I normally find now is that when couples understand that they're not using, they're using the power of thought to create an experience of their partner that bothers them, they get into fault finding or criticisms or judgments and they start to see that they're using thought with a misunderstanding and they begin to to quiet that down, um, they start to gain insights about how to be in the relationship. They become more loving. And so they become more generous or thankful for having the person. And and just quite naturally, the relationship uh, moves in the direction they've always wanted it to based on their reflecting on the nature of the principles. So I hope that helps in terms of understanding the idea of reflection. It's just finding yourself in a state of mind where you're not really thinking your way uh, to an answer, but you're just asking for an answer. Uh, Sometimes um, when I'm coaching people, they'll say it's like prayer. And I say, well, maybe as long as it's not like you're praying to something outside of you, uh, for for something to you know to, to get something, uh, but that you're in a state of prayer where you're asking um, that that you're you're part of something greater than your intellect to guide you. That could be similar. Um, so that so so Sid talks a lot. He doesn't talk about reflection, 
but he always advises us to be in a quiet mind. And, um, and in a quiet mind, really, my take on that is there's no thought. You're not, you're not engaging your thinking, really. It's no thought. Now, he talks a lot about no thought in the book by Linda Queering called Island of Knowledge. Um, that book, you'll hear him talk about the no, no thought procedure or process. I don't know how he calls it there, but it's quiet mind. And it's really, really, it's really not have anything on your mind. And the minute you go to no thought, the feelings of being the spiritual energy come to you. If you quieted down your mind, you would, you would get into the feelings of well-being, happiness, love, and understanding. Uh, so the less thinking you can do, the more the state of consciousness you get in that's opportunity for uh, insights and realizations. Um, I know um, in the early days, like 1983, when I first heard Sydney Banks and started to meet with George and Linda Pransky because they lived locally here and we could meet together and talk about this understanding weekly. We were sitting in this office one time looking up this picture window at the beautiful uh, mountains of, um, of uh, the Pacific Ocean, before the Pacific Ocean. And uh, George just turned to me and said, you know, Mark, if our thinking just quieted down just a little bit, that beauty out there would just come in and fill us. So, uh, again, the idea of Sid suggesting quiet mind, he really meant no thought. Think, engaging your thinking less and less. And um, in that space is uh, insight realization, is the deep feelings of the spiritual energy. And um, all of us could get better at uh, quieting quieting. Um, doesn't matter how long someone's been with the understanding of the principles, there's all there's always too much thinking. Um, and um, and the more we can honor and realize that the quieter we are, um, the more it becomes available to us. It's kind of a paradox because I was raised that the more you can think about things, the more you'll you'll get, you know. Or, you know, how can you not, you know, how can you be quiet about, you know, going ahead and doing that uh, particular project and expect that um, you will get something from it? But it, it's really true that, um, again, the more you're thinking about it, the more limited are your options, really, because when you engage the intellect, all you're using, really. Is your is what you've already learned. Um, it may you may kind of um, organize it differently so it looks a little different, but when you use the intellect, you can't help but be tapping into something you've already learned. The process now they're good processes to, I don't know, analyze or uh, figure out or I don't know, uh, plan. Uh, they're important, but they're not for. Uh, gaining deeper guidance for life and, and for understanding the nature of life. 
Um, so again, the quieter you are, the more you can you can realize uh, this more infinite knowledge that exists within all of us, and um, that's what Sid's always encouraging us to do. In fact, I think he's got um, a video out there, an audio out there on on quiet mind, and <coughs> excuse me, that's all he's. He's trying to help us see that the quieter we are, the less we give energy to insecurity, to greed or envy, comparisons, self-doubt. You know, all those things that capture us, um, the more um, that becomes available that allows us to live in, in well-being and happiness and clarity. So um, that's why a quiet mind is kind of, the again, the fertile ground for you realizing and gaining insights into any questions you have about life. I, I think that's the way I go now is that if I have life questions, I'm always moving to get reflective about that or, or quiet about it. And that you just don't know when it'll show. Um, it doesn't need to be in a meditative session. It doesn't have to be in a three principles meeting. It can happen anywhere because that you're always connected to this intelligence. So there have been times um, I'm driving along and I, I see something as I'm quiet, you know. Um, sometimes listening to music, I get really quiet. Um, it, it, it's not the, the listening to music, but it's kind of my way of maybe quieting down a whole bunch. But you could be driving along, you could be in the shower, you could be sleeping, you wake up into it. Um, and it's this quietness that helps. I can remember, I used to tell the story, but I don't use it much anymore in my teachings because it was like earlier on and I've seen other things besides in addition to that, but it just came to mind now. I was looking at something around gratitude, you know, and um, I had left um, my house, and I was a little bothered with my wife when I left the house, and I was driving to my office, which was, at that time, I was working for a medical center, and I stopped at a stoplight, and all of a sudden... Uh, my whole state of mind shifted and I got an insight about um, the the beauty of my wife. Not, I'm not talking about physical beauty, just the feeling of, of love and understanding. And, and I was like grateful. And I saw how my thinking had led me astray and then the light turned green. And, and I, I think I used to bring that up in terms of how you can see beyond your usual habits of thought in an instant. It can happen anywhere. And just in the time it takes a stoplight to turn from red to green, I had this realization that helped me with my relationship. So, um, uh, so it isn't like, um, you need to do anything. Um, although I'm talking about, you know, getting quiet and being reflective, but, you know, but, um, 
it isn't that you have to go uh, to a meditation practice or a yoga practice or, or anything like that because you don't know when you're going to see uh, something from this intelligence you're a part of. And um, But that's not the point. The point is the more you could be quiet with yourself, with the thinking that comes to your mind, the, the more you can let thinking pass through you rather than engage it and take a look at it, um, the more you're in a state of mind where it's fertile ground to for you to see something with more clarity. I think that's another way of of looking at, at at thought because you know there's no way you stop the creation of thought, but you can let a lot of thinking just pass through and um, not take that in or give it attention um, like many people do. So. Uh, that's what I wanted to share with you about reflection and quiet mind. Um, and I hope it made sense to you because it's really about a consciousness you try to find for yourself. And for me, it provides a different feeling, you know, when I'm more reflective than determined or um, more reflective than figuring out or putting up um, options. And there's nothing wrong with those things, but... I just wanted to point out that you want to be able to have, to use your free will to choose whether you want to use your intellect or to stay open to hear something from uh, this beautiful um, intelligence that has, the, that has this infinite knowledge there and is there to assist you and guide you to see with more clarity. So... Um, that's what I wanted to say so far. And um, so I just want to check in with all of you. Uh, we have a number of people and uh, really want to welcome hearing from you. So here's how it works. If you have something you want to share about today's teleseminar or you have a question or you just want to share a bit about your own understanding of the, of the principles or a question about principles, Let's do that. Bring that up and share it. To do so, you have to hit star two on your phone. And when you hit star two on your phone, I could see that you, you want to share something. Again, we're all here together to, as a community to just hear from one another. So I, I would welcome hearing from people. We have a large number. So I'm going to share, I'm not, you know, I'm just going to share a little bit with each person who shares and try to give room for, for people. So first here is Chris. Chris? Yeah, hi, Mark. Oh, hi. Nice to hear you. Yeah, same here. Um, so the one thing I wanted to share was um, where I tend to see my my thinking kind of playing quite a bit is um, usually, excuse me, in a work situation where, um, you know, maybe the, the, the amount of things you need to do, you feel overloaded, and then something else shows up, right? And your thinking immediately goes to, you know, how am I going to get all this done, right? It, it, it can kind of spiral out of control. And um, the one thing where you said just that pause that I feel as though I have now that I, that I didn't in the past before kind of 
uh, encountering the principles is, is um, the notion that it's impermanent, right? That it's not going to be the end of the world. It's not going to be forever. It's just a, a, a permanent. It's, it's an impermanent situation that will resolve itself. And what I found is, is just by kind of um, going with that, you even find where the thing that you may have been fretting so much about, you know, life turns a different way, and maybe one of those huge deadlines changes. Right? It, nothing of your doing. It just just happens, and and there there the situation completely turns. And I, I find that you know it, when you look back on that and maybe how you were experiencing it, um, it looks a lot different, of course, afterwards. But in the moment, that's where that maybe realization that it is just your thinking kind of getting out of control, or that there's an impermanence to that situation uh, can help. Yeah, I think that's the beautiful gift of um, this understanding, one of the many beautiful gifts um, uh, that we can see it, it isn't solid. Um, and I think I like the way you, I like how you said pause, you know, I think uh, that's, that's the wonderful gift too, to say, hold on a minute here, Mark, you know, I say to myself, you know, come back and take a breath, you know, come back and get reflective. Um, and so, yeah, I, I agree with you, Chris, that seeing that, the impermanence of our thinking is the beautiful gift of, of this understanding, how it's, how the experience really is created moment to moment. And if you're going down the rabbit hole into, uh, you know, feeling badly, giving yourself a chance to take another look at it, you know, it, it, it's just a wonderful thing to know that, you know, you, that's possible. Um, and, uh, and, 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 and if you're able to like pause and, and come back from your, your thinking about how terrible it is, uh, you may see something that, that helps that you couldn't see if you stayed with how terrible this is. This organization always does this. What do they expect from me? I'm only human. You know, if you went down that route, <laughs> um, exactly. you know, you would you 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 don't have a chance to see a way to handle it. And and I worked in an organization like that, you know, and I directed a program, and it was so often Chris being able to have it come to mind just what you shared helped me a whole bunch because things came to me that helped me know how to handle it better, uh, ask for help even, or to to tell people about it, or different things came to mind that I would never have seen using my usual habits uh, prior to this understanding of getting really upset about, uh, you know, this added task. So, Chris, yeah, I, I'm just reinforcing what you said, Chris, which is like, to me, one of the really beautiful things about understanding the nature of thought and these principles. Thanks for sharing that, Chris. Hey, you're welcome. Um, anybody else want to share? You just need to do, um, just hit star two on your phone and, um, and uh, ask a question or share any thoughts you're having about the principles or... Again, this is... Um, I mean, we can learn from each other. So really, you know, if you've heard some of my past uh, teleseminars, sometimes what people share uh, really add to the teleseminar. 
Not that put any pressure on people, but anybody got any questions or any thoughts you'd like to share? Hey, Chris, I just come back to you. Was there anything more you wanted to share there? Yeah, actually, I was going to mention, um, I believe you shared with me in the past about how you wish you had asked a question of Sydney Banks, and it was a, a pretty profound one. So maybe that'll encourage people to to chime in. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, um, yeah, I was uh, talking with Chris about, you know, um, when these uh, early days, I, I was really blessed. I, I just was so, so grateful of, of kind of being in the right place at the right time, you know. I didn't like the feeling I had that drove me to search out help, but by the time I found Sydney Banks, I was thankful that I did. But in any case, in our area, in the San Francisco, California area, there was a small group of us, um, and uh, Sydney Banks would come to talk with us. If he was going to do a weekend a seminar there in the area, he would talk with us on a Thursday night. And he would always ask, do you have any questions? And I did. I had lots of questions. And the one question I had was, I was going to say, well, Sid, what is God? You know, I mean, in those days, you know, I'm listening to him, he would, he would talk about us being God, you know. And I said, I, I always wanted to ask him that, but I was too insecure to ask him. And... um and I now, I don't live in the regret of it, but I do regret not having the opportunity to ask a question like that. I felt too insecure. And uh, once again, today's uh, message is, you know, you've you, you got a state of mind you could find that moves you away from your own personal thinking uh, to handle your life. And if you could move more towards seeing the value of being reflective, of having not of having not having yourself on your mind, of asking to see more, um, uh, and be, and quiet mind, you have an opportunity to gain insights and um, and um, uh, realizations, and part of that is is taking insecure thinking out of your head, of uh, and trying to just be reflective rather than insecure. So, anyhow, that was my story of, there have been many times, you know, being with Sid where I, I was hesitant to ask a question. And, and times, though, that I, uh, I went beyond that and asked questions, and I, I really was able to see a lot. But um, not just looking for questions today, but anything that has come to mind for people about the principles that has meant something to you? Um, anything like that that you'd like to share? Again, you would just press um, star two on your phone and I'll see that uh, like, like I did for Chris and invite you to, to share. Okay, so there's someone else. Um, I don't, your your name isn't coming up. Um, it's coming up as anonymous. Um, 
But if you if you press star two, you could come in and talk now. Hello? Hello? Oh, hello, Mark? Yes. Hi, Mark. That's Mark up in Vancouver. Oh, Mark, hi. 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 <laughs> yeah. You are, um, you're coming in as anonymous. Yes, it's a private number because I do a lot oh, okay. of work at home, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I, we've just been down in South Africa for three weeks and then uh, came back and, and got quite quite a good cold. And uh, I, uh, I, through the last uh, few weeks, I've found that um, expectations, I think, can, you know, can set you up to, uh, it's exactly what Chris was saying, you know, in terms of business and that, but, you know, expectations in your own private life, you know, that you're, you're you know, maybe certain needs are not being met or to your satisfaction or things aren't quite as you wish, and and I think we all go through phases like that, you know, no matter whether you've had a a, a deep uh, insight at some point where you've gone into the the place before personal thinking and into that beautiful place, you, at least you know it's there, which helps you go yes. through, go through times where your own thinking really is is get, making things worse for you, and. Uh, uh, while we were down in South Africa, we went to the conference in Cape Town, and um, Aaron spoke about uh, how it really struck me about how you're thinking, how you're looking at the content of your thinking is kind of like looking at how people were trying to figure out how to fly in the early days. And he had this very good sort of, you know, strapping on wings and trying to ride bicycles off cliffs and things, and um, how it wasn't it wasn't apparent from your from looking at your thinking that you'd come to a, the principles behind it, and uh, he was pointing more toward mind as being you know the source of the. We have to keep looking at mind anyway. It really struck me what he was saying, and, and you know, and, and every moment I guess we've got to give ourselves a chance to realize that that's what's happening really you know what, what's really happening and anyway i just put the there's my two cents <laughs> well th that was beautiful you know I, I thought you you shared uh, a lot there i think i think expectations um really do make us feel bad and um so many people that i've met in my work with uh through the years um are, are, are suffering really from expectations, uh, although the form of that uh, insecurity comes out in different ways. It really is uh, that they've got a set of expectations that um, don't appreciate uh, their being human. And they, it doesn't appreciate having understanding for other people being human. And what I mean by that is it usually is... Um, it's usually something that people are thinking they need something more than where they are now. Or they need somebody in their life who is more than who they have now, you know? And they forget that that description is made up by them, you know? So, <laughs> and uh, and then catching on to, and really catching on to your mind, 
means that you have everything you need. So, uh, you know, so as we, as people kind of see that, the idea of an expectation kind of dissipates because coming up with an expectation is more a statement of your own thinking than it is about truth. And um, and uh, when people start to, to appreciate that, they begin to uh, lighten up about themselves because expectation can have us try to live beyond what feels right for us, you know, um, beyond our own knowing. And it takes us away from being guided by this intelligence and wisdom to be guided more by our learning, right? Right, so um, if you're, you know, Sid says something that really helps with this. He said, look, if you're happy right now, live there, you know. Don't try to get get more. He doesn't say it this way, but it, it's kind of like speaking to expectations, you know. If you're satisfied with your life, with who's in your life, well, why bother yourself by thinking you should be more than than who you are? You know, because that feeling of satisfaction is what everybody's looking for. That feeling of contentment, which is which is what satisfaction is. It's not personal satisfaction. It's the feeling of, oh man, this is this is nice. Oh man, this is great. Somebody when I was coaching them the other day said, oh man, I just got that feeling like I'm home. And that's it, you know. So Sid says, you know, when you find that, you've got it. You know, you've got it. Don't look any further. Um, so, um, so expectations get us dissatisfied. And remember, we're creating that. And we're creating that forgetting once again that we're everything. And so is the other person. Um, and we're misunderstanding that they, like us, are using the principles to create uh, an, a, a reality they're living in now, and that's why they're acting the way they are. But if you put expectations aside about the person you're in a relationship with, you really quiet your mind about them. You see, another way of looking at quiet mind. You will see that deeper essence of that person and you will get a feeling they have everything they have everything um they are everything i don't want to say it this way because it looks like it's back to expectations but really your mind calms down about they have to be a certain way for you to live with them you just see they're everything you were looking for um so that's my take on what Mark said. I, I I kind of like went, you know, I elaborated, but Mark said it so beautifully, you know, and I just kind of put, Mark, I put my two cents in there, you know, and I hope it, I hope it was helpful. Um, it's a beautiful experience to quiet any expectations um, about yourself or the of a, or another person. Because it gets you back to this deeper essence, and that feeling takes care of us. And, and it's funny that um, I was up at the June school last year, and um, and was again 
fortunate that Elsie and Chip asked me to do a little talk there. Uh, but I was listening to um, Chip, and he talked about how he was sitting with Sydney Banks and talking about a um, trip across Canada that he and Jan, his wife, made. And they camped along the way, and they met these beautiful people all along the way camping. And Sid said, well, did you know that you saw you in the people you saw were you? And I think um, that came to mind because the minute you quiet your expectations about the person you're in a relationship with, you see the essence. And when you see the essence, uh, you see you because you are both part of mine. Now, that doesn't mean you see like a spiritual essence. You get a feeling of that spiritual essence. You you see the this being uh as you, the same thing, the same energy, the same love and understanding. So it's very powerful to today to look at reflection and quiet mind as the vehicle to get to the deeper essence of of mind and the intelligence that there, and the feeling that's there of of love and understanding. Um, and so, again, back to Sid's words, that just, they just helped me so much. And I would really encourage all of you to just keep uh, reading Sid, watching what videos you can find, listening to him, because everything he has said, whenever he's put it, out there has been to wake up in you um, this understanding. But when he says, you know, if you're feeling good, well, live there. Be be there. Don't look for more. Um, and, and that's really the essence of uh, this beautiful spiritual feeling is that when you get there, uh, when you find it once again, um, you don't need more. You don't need more. You'll see that needs are artificial. Really. They, they, they're just made up because we get into maybe a little bit of an insecure state of mind or we get into expectations or we get to a place where we're not feeling good or something like that, you know? And we look outside of ourselves. But you gotta realize that the minute you put expectations on yourself, you're heading for trouble because it doesn't allow you to just be you. And if you're you, uh, you'll be guided, you'll be assisted, and you'll be more what's right for you. It'll just feel right for you. So we have time for um, one more person, if anybody else wanted to share with us today or ask a question. Um, Anything more coming to mind for people that you'd like to share with us? Well, this was just a beautiful place, wasn't it? And I loved um, having uh, Chris and Mark share because, you know, 
again, you know, this piece of listening to them, as I was listening to them, you could hear the feeling in them and the knowledge. And um, again, you know, for me, as I listened to that, it woke up some more uh, 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 some more uh, knowledge for me. So, you know, as we share with one another, that's the beauty of being able to to share this with each other. And that's why I put together these teleseminars, you know, so that we can talk with one another. Okay, we have room for one more person and somebody from Albany, New York. Um, uh, um, who? Uh, hello, you could just go ahead and talk if you... Uh, hey, Mark, it's uh, Bernard. How are you? Oh, Bernard, hi. Um, been a while since I've, I've listened in. I've been on a, a two-month, uh, two-and-a-half, three-month trip uh, out west and all over the parts of Canada skiing. So getting a chance to actually wow. listen live. I'm in a while. Oh, so, good. Uh, yeah. Appreciate. I, good I to have you here has, again. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. I think someone has to ask the softball question that you didn't ask. Sid. Um, I think I probably know what your answer would be close to, but, you know, We've got a few minutes, and I'd love to hear your reflections, um, as I always do. But in particular, you know, what is God to you, or what do you think God is? You didn't get to ask the question to Sid, but here you go. I get to ask you the question. Um, well, you know, uh, I don't think that's a softball question. <laughs> you know, I think, uh, you know, Really, I think I could just do justice to what my feeling is, you know, uh, because I don't know. And, um, you know, Sid has always said, uh, you have, you have these glimpses, but you didn't, you, you haven't really seen what these principles are pointing to. So I can't say, uh, that I saw God. I mean, Sid, Sid did and could say that. And then he tried to tell us what God was, and it just like we couldn't get it. You know, just you know, like what? <laughs> um, because you can't, you can't, you cannot describe formless spiritual energy that is the creation of all things. It's impossible to describe it. But um, you know, uh, a, a real quick story, and then I'll just share with you what I, my realization. Uh, there was a time when uh, Roger Mills, one of the pioneers, uh, was working for a professional psychology school uh, in San Diego, giving out doctorate degrees to psychologists. And um, he, and some of the um, big name psychologists of that university wanted to learn about this understanding. So he invited them to a seminar event that Sid was presenting at in Hawaii. So here were these all these uh, professional psychologists, you know, with their theories and so forth, but they had interest. So Sid, it comes time for Sid to talk, and the, the, the first words out of his mind was, I saw God, you know? So he's like, oh my God, you know, he's starting right at that, you know? Uh, but but again, he had no qualms and he had certainty. Um, for me, it's a feeling, you know. It's a feeling that I'm a part of um, I'm a part of an energy that 
is is greater than anything I could think. Uh, and I'm a part of it. I am that. Um, and the, you know, it, to me, it's the feeling of love. It's the feeling of pure love. And it, it's what's guided me to do this teleseminar today that, um, um, that I rely on, on the intelligence of, uh, of God or mind to, to assist me and guide me to, to see more. Um, um, and it, and, and everyone is a part of, of God. I, I don't know that it's anything to do with a form, you know, and, um, I was through, raised through, you know, 14 years of it being a form outside of me. And for me, I have now really come to the feeling of it being within me, that I am a part of mind or God as anyone else. We're all a part of that. And it's a feeling that comes to me about that. Um, a, a, a feeling of, um, I don't know, love, of awe, of wonder, um, of peace, of security, you know. It's more that when I, and I just kind of keep listening to Sid speak about that. And I just get more and more of a feeling that I am a part of something greater than my brain. And I don't see that, but I get feeling for it so I can speak to it and, and share that we are uh, a part of this spiritual energy that is in everything. In all, in all living things. And that feeling of oneness, uh, times that I'm walking in a park or in a um, area of, you know, of a forest um, and just get a feeling of oneness with everything, all living things. That's, to me, God or mind. Um, in my work, it's helped me to really develop a deep rapport with my clients because I sit in the consciousness of knowing uh, they are mine. And they have the knowledge and wisdom of of uh, the universe available to them at any moment. They're sitting in it. So when when I live in that with them, um, I feel a deep connection and rapport. And then we just talk. Um, but I think that. But I think that to do honor to Sidney Banks, uh, he. And he didn't know why either was blessed to see God. And um, I'm getting glimpses of what that was, you know, or what that is. Uh, but nowhere do I know God, you know. I can just, in a moment of love, in a moment of, of uh, contentment, you know, really that feeling of, um, of uh, no thought, you know really deep, just a moment of contentment and well-being, I know I found it. I know I found it. So the closest I come to that is the listening that I do. And I talk to a lot of people about it. I have an audio on listening that I call listening beyond yourself, meaning that you're listening to someone or to life without thinking about yourself. You're not there. You're there physically. You know, you're not going crazy, you know, <laughs> You're, you know, you, you don't, but you're not there in your, in your consciousness. You're 
completely immersed in the depth feeling of mind. Um, so those are those are ways that I get glimpses of of being mind or God. So I hope that was helpful. And geez, it's just wonderful to have you back on the live teleseminars, Bernard. And I hope you had a wonderful trip across Canada. I think that's a beautiful adventure to take. My wife and I, I went to school uh, for my doctorate in um, Winnipeg, Manitoba, University of Manitoba. My wife and I took a trip up um, on Highway 1 across the west, from the west coast of uh, Canada to the, the prairie states, and it was just a beautiful trip. Anyhow, well, it's wonderful to be with all of you, and um, again, um, thanks for being here. You, you're the ones that make the teleseminar. Again, you, all of you who have uh, registered for the seminar will get an email in a couple of days with links to the recording. And also on those links will be past recordings. Um, if you want to connect with me about any question, you could email me at doctor, the abbreviation DR, and my name, Mark Howard, at comcast.net. You can go to the website, threeprinciplesinstitute.org, tap on the teleseminar tag, and you can see all of the past teleseminars you can download and listen to. Again, I hope this was uh, helpful. And really, uh, thanks to the people who shared, Chris, Mark, and Bernard, and we'll see you all next month. Have a, have a wonderful um, month, and those of you coming to the Innate Health Conference in London, uh, come by and say hello to me. Love to see you. All right. Have a good month. Talk with you all in May. Bye.